Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. Well, if you have your Bibles, get them out. Get them out. How many of you brought your physical Bible to church this morning? How many brought your physical Bible to church? I'm not judging you. How many brought your phone, your digital Bibles to church? There we go. Thank the Lord for digital Bibles in Jesus' name. Uh, I've been in a series, we have been in a series over the last two weeks entitled Kingdom Economy. And so if you're here and this is your first time being in church and you haven't been in the last couple weeks, I encourage you, if you call Oasis home, to go back and listen, catch up with what we've laid the groundwork in to get to this point today. Even if you don't call Oasis home, I believe that this this message today and the messages that we've been teaching are for every single one of us as as believers of Jesus Christ, as followers, disciples of Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to go deeper into this. There is an economy within God's kingdom. Do you believe that? Like Josh just mentioned, you know, sowing. You sow and you reap what you sow. That's a principle all throughout the scriptures. You can't run from that. Can I encourage you? Like you you can't run from it, so maybe you haven't been sowing well today. I'm not just talking finances. In life, today's a good day to start. Amen? So, so, so the kingdom of God has, has got principles all throughout about how, how, what, he, what he says to us about what we do with our money, what we do with our time, what we do with our talents. Do you know that, that you will be accountable before Jesus one day? Did you know that? Yes? Something was said to me one time about like, what that looks like. What does it mean to be accountable? And someone said, and, and it clicked for me, you will be accountable for your abilities one day. Account for your abilities. Accountability. Catch, are you awake this morning? Ah, there it is. Some of you are catching up. You will stand before the Lord one day for how you operated in the gifts that he's given you. Like you are a, you were called to be stewards. Do you know this? In the kingdom of God, you own nothing. He's the owner. Hear me. He's the owner. We are called to steward, Right? And stewards are like good managers. That, you know, has anybody ever managed a restaurant or a department? Anybody? Anybody ever managed? Nobody. A couple of us. Yes. We, we. So you understand that like at the end of the day, I'm not walking out of that place, locking the door like, that's my spot. That's somebody else's. And so my life, I'm called to be a steward of what's been put in me because it's his. He's the owner. So there's a principle all throughout the scriptures about how his economy works within the kingdom. And what he has to say. And so today, today's the day. We're going to talk about the tithe. Come on, how many of you are excited about a tithing message in church this morning? Come on. It's always fun. These are, I do the, this is, the, like I said, the second time in Oasis's history where we've talked about this specifically from here, from an actual sermon. But I feel like this is going to be one of those things every couple of years. We just recalibrate and re, re get, get back into this thing and really hear the, the word of the Lord for this because it's important. I'm going to say something at the front. It's not like, a, a, like a, a, an asterisk type of thing. It's just the truth. God doesn't need our money. Oasis Church Chicago is doing just fine. I, I promise you. 
when we started this church, and I told you I'm going to pepper in some personal stories because it's not to say that I'm an expert or we have it all together, but it just it helps give testimony to Jesus. Amen? And so I remember when we started this church, ooh, when the Lord started this church, and, and we, we launched out, I remember as a team, we had zero dollars. Now, there's methods and methodologies of launching out and generating funds and having all that stuff. I remember somebody handed us a check, handed me a check one time. We were at uh, my parents' church, and they said, here, this is a gift for the church. And I said, we don't even have a name. Let alone do we have, like, a bank account. Let alone do we even, like, have it, like, set up as a 501. Like, you can't give me that. But can you hold on to it, please, in Jesus' name? Like, we just, we just saw the Lord call us. When the Lord calls something and it's graced, he will make a way. I'm telling you, he will make a way. Through your marriage, through your children, like, he will make a way. And so I know for us that God has been faithful in this church time and time again. He does not need our money. He's not up in heaven like, oh, man, the water bill this month, pretty high. Oh, man, like, I don't know how we're going to. No, he's not concerned, but what he's concerned about and what he wants is you. He wants me. He wants us. He wants our obedience. And this is the point of why this message matters. Obedience to the king matters. So today, the title of this message is this, Kingdom Economy, There is a Test. There is a test. How many of you ever walked into school and been like, there's a test today? I was in college. I was a senior I was in a class, I was a business major, and there was a, I walked in the first day of this class, and the guy starts talking about AI, robots. This is 2009. Nobody thinks that AI is going to actually happen, right? So I probably should have listened. And I sat in that class, and I said, there's not a snowball's chance. I'm not coming back to this class. So Jay does not return back to the class up until the last, the last week of class. And in the last week of class, the professor says out loud, there is going to be a final that will dictate 65% of your grade. And the final is on the entire lectures from the semester. I said, Jesus, I need you. Oh, how I need you. Come close, Lord. Fill me with. I said, there's a test? He said, yeah, Jay, you just, you weren't listening. I said, are you kidding me? We've walked into moments like, this is a test? This is a test? Can I tell you, tithing is a test. It's a two-way test. He says, test me in it, but it also is a test for us. Like, like, don't shut me off here. Actually, don't shut him off right now. He is, this is a place in the scriptures where I believe he says, test me in this, and it's also a test for us on where our hearts are. Like my grandfather, he was a pastor, he was a preacher, he was, he was one of those, like, ooh, had a, he always had a hanky on him, like he was wiping his sweat off, he's that kind of like, I'm talking like that type of preacher. And he used to say, I've heard stories, he used to say like, if God can't control your wallet, he's got no control over you at all. If God doesn't have control of your finances, he doesn't have any of you. And I used to laugh at that, like, oh, that was a funny. It's the, this is the second time. <laughs> Who put this here? <laughs> and I used to laugh and be like, that's just a funny statement. But can I tell you, as I've grown in the Lord, it's the reality. 
if he can have my heart, if he, if he, if he can have my, my finances, he has everything. He really has everything. Because it's the manna that we need for life here on this earth, in this kingdom. That's the manna, right? Money, yes? So if he can control that or be in charge of that or allow for me to lord, let him be lord over that, he has everything in me. And I, and I just believe today that there's gonna be some breaking in, breakthrough for people in this house because you really are desperate for the Lord to be Lord over your life. But you just can't figure out why it's not happening. I really believe the principle of tithing helps with that. It's a test. It's a test. All right, Malachi 6. Or sorry, Malachi 3. There's no 6 in Malachi. Malachi 3. There is a test for every single one of you in this room today, regardless of how much or when you get paid in life. Every single one of us have a test every time we receive income. Will your heart turn to Jesus first or will it turn to the visa statement or the Nordstrom statement? Hello? Shots fired, some of you. You're like, come on, man. We'll turn to the vacation fund. We're all tested every single time. We, you get paid. Some of you are like, I'm not there yet. In Jesus' name, you will be. But like every time, regardless of, hear me, regardless of how much or how often, it's a test every time. I, I remember when Rachel and I got married, she, 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 <laughs> She's looking at me. She came in, and, and I, we sat down. <laughs> She's staring at me with the word. I'm getting, I'm getting lightning bolts out of her eyes right now. And Jesus, but I remember, that's not where I was going. I remember um, that we sat down, and I remember us combining our bank accounts right away, like right when we got married. Like married couples, can I just tell you, this is finance 101 in marriages. You should not have two accounts. That's a free one, too. Maybe we should take an offering for that. Listen. <laughs> Like, listen, so we sat down, we joined our bank accounts, and I, and I said to her, I said, babe, I love you, and she's like, I love you, we're in love, we're in love, but here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal, I've done this for, for years. When we get paid, the moment that money hits our account, before then there was no emails, there was no, like, you've been paid, it was just like, you had to check your bank account, do you, anybody remember those days, right? And I said, before anything else goes out of this house, right? Before any bill's paid, we write the check to God right away. We came to a full agreement for that. We've been doing that now almost nine years, like every single time. It's not legalism. It's not like, oh, I have to do this. It's the knowledge of what God's kingdom is like and the principles that were in his scriptures and what he says to us, and I've seen the fruit of it. So I'm not standing up here gonna talk to you about tithing and not be somebody that doesn't do it. We do it. I will tell you, I'm a tither. Judge me, I love being a tither. I love giving money to the house of God. I don't go, I'm not, I don't know if I'll get to my, yes, I will. I, I don't know, there is, here, there's another principle. Take this. I do not go to a church to visit or to, even if I get called to preach, I don't show up there and not give to the house of God. Every time I get to the house of God, I tithe. I give an offering. I give it to him. Why? Because he's given me everything. He's given me everything. So the tithe is that. It's your first fruits. All right, Malachi 3. There, verse 6. 
We've used this so many times on an offering message or time of giving. Let's read it. Verse six says this. This is out of the NIV. I, the Lord, do not change. Does he say that? He says, I, the Lord, do not change. So we serve the same God that is from yesterday, today, and forever. He does not what? He does not what? The Lord Almighty is speaking this out through the prophet. He says, I, the Lord God, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. (laughs) I won't go there. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees. Everyone say decrees. And have not kept them. So the prophet is speaking at the mouthpiece of the Lord. The Lord's saying, listen, I have not changed. But ever since, ever since I have called you, you have not listened to me. And this is what he says to me. Return to me, and I will return to you. How many of you are thankful for a gracious Lord? A merciful Lord. So every hand should go up. Anybody thankful for the mercy of the Lord? Oh, my goodness. How many times have I turned from the Lord, and he said, Jay, return to me, and I come back, and he's there. I say all the time, you can take a thousand steps away from the Lord, but if you turn your heart to him, he's right there. Come on, anybody thankful for that in this house today? He says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Well, Lord, like what are we supposed to do? And this is how he answers, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. It doesn't say anything else. (laughs) He just says, in your tithes and in your offerings. Now, Now, I'm not God, but the people of Israel, there was a lot of bones that he could have picked with them. You know your Bibles? Like, he could have said a lot. He says, this is how. In your tithes and in your offerings. And then he says, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, the house being the church today. You with me? That there may be food in the house. How many of you come to church and you get fed? So, well, actually, somebody else should ask that question because it's like, well, Pastor. How many of you get fed, honestly? Anybody thankful that you get fed in the house of the Lord? So he says, bring, the, bring it into the storehouse and get fed in my house. There will be food. And then he says this, test me in this. It's the only scripture verse I know. Us pastors say it all the time. It's the only one in the Bible that we know. It is the only one in scripture where the Lord says, test me in this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Once again, he's speaking. He's making sure they know who's talking. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. We love that scripture. Open the storehouses, windows, let it flood in. I just get a picture, like, pour out into this broken stain. Open the, like, come. Anybody? Lord, just do it in my house, Lord. I just have visions of me walking into my living room and there just being cash. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Judge me, we've all been there. We love that. But we don't love what he just said. (laughs) And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Says the Lord Almighty. 
Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be delightful, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. There's a test for every one of us. The Lord is speaking here. You know, people argue, well, you know, hey, this is Old Testament. I'm gonna get there. You know, I, I heard when this teaching, Robert Morris jokingly say, like, one time he asked the Lord, like, why couldn't you just hold on to Malachi, like, three and four, and just bump it up to Matthew? It's the last book of the Old Testament, right? It's the last two. Like, why couldn't you just move it? And he said jokingly, but he was serious. He said, the Lord said, I put it exactly where it needs to be. This is a test for the people of God. This is a test. He says three times, the Lord Almighty, the Lord Almighty, the Lord. There is no confusion in my mind and heart of who's talking here. And he says to them, he says, listen, return to me and I will return to you. But right before that, he says, you have turned away from my decrees. Now that word decrees in, an, in another translation is ordinances. In another translation, that word ordinances is used right there. So he's saying, you've, you've turned from my ordinances. And, and if you look that up, it, what that word ordinances means or decrees means this, it means principles of ordinary behaviors. Did you hear that? Principles of ordinary behaviors or prescriptions of what one should do. God is saying, listen, you have gone away from the ordinary things that I've called you to do. What I hear from God is this. He's saying, he's saying I haven't called you to do something really hard. This is just ordinary life stuff that the kingdom's about. Are you with me? He says, I've given you my decrees. I've given you my ordinances. This is what you are called to do, but you've gone away from it. Why? Because last week, the spirit of mammon is real. It's an evil, wicked spirit, and it will steal from us or try to steal from us the word of the Lord and the promises of the Lord by getting our attention on him instead of Jesus. He says, these are ordinary things. Listen, if you're in this room and you're a high school, college student, and you're like, I don't have money, Catch this today. If you're older in your faith and you've never done this is a call today. Return back to the ordinary principles that God has called us to be as believers. That was a good place to say amen. You have gone away. We're in faith together, me and you, in Jesus' name. You have gone away from my decrees or ordinances, clearly described prescriptions of what you should be doing as a child of God. Can I encourage you? Don't expect the world to get this principle. Stop trying to tell the world that the people with all the money should give it away. Stop it. Stop it. They don't understand the kingdom, they're enemies to the kingdom. We don't go us versus them. They don't understand this. So stop trying to put it on them when we aren't doing it as the church. The church should be the most generous people in all of this city. I believe this to my core. I'm a preach. Like, I believe that this room has enough resourcing, has enough wisdom, has enough creative stuff in it to resource an entire neighborhood, maybe two neighborhoods, maybe three neighborhoods in the city. I believe that. Why I don't serve a God that is broke. The church should be the most wealthiest people in the world. Both spiritually, with his inheritance given it to us. So don't get upset when it's like, man, well, why isn't the world doing? He's not talking. He's saying to the people of God, are you with me? He's saying this is how you do this. Tithing is an ordinary behavior. (laughs) 
It's the prescription prescribed by the Lord for every believer. How many of you have ever been prescribed medicine from the doctor? You take it, yes? Because it helps you. This helps us to follow the kingdom of God. <laughs> and why it butts up against us so often is because money is the thing that we think we have control over. And so he says, listen, you have, you have stopped this. You've not done this. You've not returned back praise and offering of thanksgiving when you have received everything because every gift comes from. So he's saying, hey, listen, you gotta, you gotta give it back. You gotta give it back. Tithing is a great way to say thank you. It's an awesome way to say thank you. And so he says, listen, listen, now the land, you are under a curse. And so some of you are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're under grace. How could we be cursed? I'm not talking about salvation. He's not talking about salvation. Okay, let me say it this way. If you do something dumb, are there consequences? Yes? If I go to a department store and I steal a jacket and I walk out of the store, are there consequences? Yes? Like, if someone is unfaithful in their marriage, there is grace, yes, but there are consequences. You reap what you... So the principle of this is not saying you are cursed, like you're not saved. He's saying, but you will, as a believer, have a good, this type of life, or you will choose to walk this way, and you will live with the consequences of every decision. Believers, every decision we make dictates how we will have life. Just making sense. So it's like, no, I don't, I, I, the curse, like, yes, you can live under stuff that you created. Thank God for grace. Thank God for the spirit of God that's in us that calls us out of it, right? But can I just tell you, like, I've been there in my life. Like, why am I in this nonsense? Lord, where are you? This is a test. He's like, no, you just put yourself there. Anybody else ever? No, you just put yourself there. I can help you out. Are you ready to come? Like, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready, Lord. So he's, listen, listen, listen. You have stopped tithing. You have stopped giving offerings. And now you're under a curse. But he says, return to me. So he's, it's, an, it's always an invitation from the Lord. Isn't that amazing? It's always an invitation to return. Come back, come back, come back. And so the Lord says this, listen, it happens by you tithing and giving offerings. So what's the tithe? Oh, I could preach a whole message on this. Can I summarize what the tithe is for the sake of time? It's your first fruits of your income. It's the first. It's that 10%. It's that, it's that first fruits like Exodus 23, 19 talks about. The first of the fruits, first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 is this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. He continually tells people, do this, bring your first fruits and your life will be blessed. I'm not scared to say we are called to be blessed people. That's a good thing. I'm not for the prosperity nonsense. 
I am for believers being blessed. Listen, we are not called to live with poverty mindsets. Hear me. Like we're not called to be like, oh. Like we're not called. If he calls you to the mission field, there are mission. I mean, Josh, 17 years, if he calls you to do it, he will provide. Because he says, listen, if you honor me with this, I will honor you. So the tithe is going, listen, okay. So like what Rachel and I would sit down, we'd be like, okay, you got paid this. You got paid that. Let's combine it together. Okay, this is before taxes. Oh, man, catch that. Some of you tithe post-taxes. He says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give God what is God's. Now, that's not to condemn you. That's just an extra, let's take another offering in Jesus' name. I'm just kidding. I got to stop that joke. So that's the tithe. It's looking at our income going, okay, let's add this up, and let's figure out the first fruits of our lives. That first fruit is the tithe. It's 10%. That's what the tithe is. The tithe is 10% of your income. Now, I love that about the Lord, that the tithe that he asks for us is a percentage. Why? Because it's applicable to every single one of you in this room. To, To whom much is given, much is asked of, yes. Don't lose out on the principle. Some people are are really been given a lot because why? I really believe in my heart. They're good stewards of it. It's gracing on them. But every single one of us, regardless if you make a dollar, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, or a hundred thousand dollars, it's 10% across the board. Did you hear me? It's 10% across the board. Isn't that good news? Like it, it is, it is equal. The Lord is equal in this thing. Now I don't know. And let me just say this. I, this message, once again, is not because we need more money. I don't know who gives in this house. Ask anyone of these seen I have no idea. I don't know if you gave or if you gave. I, I have no clue, nor will I ever. Why? Because this is really a test between you and God. But I do know something. Every single one of us has the opportunity today to give. To give tenth, a tenth of our offering to the Lord. Every single one. Every single one of us have the, has the opportunity to do it. Because that's what the tithe is. It's going, listen, Lord, like a tenth is, is what you've called me to. I will give it. But also what's cool is the number 10 in scripture, it represents testing. Testing. I caught this. I heard this. It changed my life, right? Years ago, right? So, so okay, okay. My brain's going faster than. So, so let me ask you this. How, how many plagues happened in Egypt? How many? 10. 10. Okay, this is going to be good. We're going to get this. So, so the better way to say is how many times did God test Pharaoh? 10, right? Okay, let's, let's keep going. How many commandments are there? How many? This is not hard. Everybody should say this. How many? Yeah, we're going to get an A in this class, right? 10 commandments. Testing. Testing the people of God of how they're going to live. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Okay, that, guys, this is not hard. I'm giving you the answers. How many times in Numbers 14 did God test the people? In... How many times were Jacob's wages changed? How many times was Jacob's wages changed to test his heart? 10. 
How many days was Daniel tested? How many? Yes. How many virgins were tested in Matthew? Ten. How many lepers? It's all testing. It represents testing every time. Every time. I was like that too when I heard this the first time. Whoa. That's why 10th, 10%, it's a test. That's why every time it's called to give the tithe, it's a test. It's going, will you be obedient in your heart? Will you honor me with your first fruits? Will you give me your life, JP? I'm just asking for 10. He's not asking for 90. He's asking for 10. I would rather have 90 blessed with the Lord than 100 not. I believe the Lord does more in our lives with 90 than he could with 100. And, and let me tell you, there have been many times where I'm like, that 10% is a lot of money. No one else? Like, oh, good night, Lord. <laughs> and just like, no, do it. Lord, I test you in this. I'm gonna test you in this. I'm gonna test you in this. That word, the Lord says, test me in this. That word there in the original also could translate to try. This is important, catch this. So the Lord's saying, try me in this, test me in this. That word means this, to try and learn the genuineness of an object by examination. This is really good, hold on for just a few moments. Examination, an observing reaction to a standard. So the Lord's saying, test me, try me in this. This is the standard. Another way to say this, this is the way in which you test gold to see if it's pure. You know, when I, when I bought my wife's ring, we were sitting there, I was sitting with the jeweler, and we are looking at the thing, and I'm, she's telling me all the different, I'm like, I don't see any, I can't just take it, just tell me if this is good or not, right? She's like, no, you have to see, this is a pure thing, this is a pure thing, this is a pure thing. The Lord is saying in this, test me and see that I'm pure. Saying, test me. Let me prove my genuineness to you. How many of you have ever heard that? Like, that is the Lord Almighty, Yahweh, saying, test me in this and let me show you how pure I am. Okay. New believer. Heard this at 24, got saved at 22, new believer. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do that. You better believe. Right, because how many of you were a little skeptic when you got saved? You weren't sure. Like, things, just me, pray for your pastor. Anybody else? Like, I was still figuring it out, and he said, test me in this. And when I started to test him in it, I was like, oh, 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 oh. you hold true to your word. You're not, you, you hold true to your word. This is good, I promise. So he's saying, test me. Try it, test me. Your first fruits, your 10%, it will redeem the 90. I would rather have, like I said, I would rather have the 90% redeemed. Some of you are so trapped in your finances. Some of you are so trapped in your situations because you're living off 100% that hasn't been redeemed. <laughs> Should I go there? No, you hear what I'm saying. I would rather want the Lord to redeem my 90 than have 100% of it unredeemed. He will do more with your 90% redeemed by him. This is a good word, okay. Okay, so, so, so here's, here's where I want to go. We're going to land the plane in a few moments. I, I'm telling you, I know how much it, it, it just like grieves my heart when people start to argue that tithe's not a real thing. 
how much it even grieves my heart, how much it grieves the Lord's heart. I've had debates. <laughs> I've had moments. They're like, oh, it's Old Testament. It's nowhere in the New Testament. It's nowhere in the New Testament. You can't find it. You can't. And I always say this, because someone said this to me one time. What's the spirit behind that? What do you, wait, you want to fight the, the Lord when he's asking you to just give 10 and you can keep 90? When he gave you everything through Jesus, you want to fight this? Church, hear me, because some of us are there right now, and that's okay. You're in the right spot. But you fight him. You're like, no way, it's not in the scripture. It's Old Testament. Old Testament. It's law. It's law. It's law. I will not. Well, yeah, so is murdering and adultery and stealing, and you guys doing that? Please say no. <laughs> like, it's, like, where does that come from? Like, where, where does that come from? Okay, I just want to show you a couple Bible. Can I show you a couple Bible verses? Because this is not something I've come up with. I want to teach you Bible. Hundreds of years before the law was given to Moses. So even the argument, well, it's just law. Hundreds, about roughly 500 years. The father of our faith, according to the Galatians, Abram, the one that Galatians says, he was a really good man and a good father and pleased the Lord, follow him, understood this. So the whole idea of like, well, that was law. Well, it gets, it gets wrapped up right here, Genesis 14. Then Melchizedek, which <laughs> Hebrews, you could, you could study this. There's so many theologians on it. Like, like some would say that is a type of Jesus. Some would say actually that was Jesus our Lord. Like I don't have time to go in that. In, in Hebrews it talks about how that Melchizedek had no beginning and no end. It sounds like Jesus. So he says, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abram saying, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him nothing. Then Abram gave him a what? Tenth. I love the Bible of everything. He said he gave him a tenth of everything. This is before Moses writes the law. This is before there was even a law. This is kingdom. This is Yahweh's kingdom. This is the principles of God that what he says, right? I am the same God. I have not changed. I am the same God. I have not changed. Abram understood giving a tenth of what he had been given by him back to him. Even Jacob in Genesis 28, 400 years before the law. And this stone that I've set up as a pillar will be, with God, will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Jacob understood the same thing. So we fight this stuff. We're like, oh, it's law, it's law, it's law. Yes, the law talks about it. Yes, the people of God listened to it. Yes, they didn't listen to it. Yes, it was the law. But yes, it was before the law. It's the kingdom economy. Leviticus 27 and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed or of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord, Leviticus says. Our tithe gets set apart by the Lord. Okay, Deuteronomy 26 continues to talk about it. 
I want to paraphrase this, so team, don't throw it up. Deuteronomy 20. Write this down. How many of you are writing this stuff down? You should. Deuteronomy 26. You should go read your Bibles. How many of you should read your Bible? Want to read your Bible this week? And it shall, when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance, and you shall possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God has given you, and put it in a basket, and go to the place where the Lord God chooses to make his name abide. So he's saying to them, listen, take your tithe, put it in a basket, and go to the place where the Lord has chosen to make his name known. And then he continues in Deuteronomy 26, 13. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house. So what what he's saying is like, now you come in and you say, Lord, I've brought the holy tithe out of my house and now I'm giving it to you. Do you see how this, catch, follow. So so, so listen, I, I I could have kept it, but I've decided to bring it out of my house. I've decided to put it at your feet. I'm giving it to you. And also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, according to your commandments, which you have given me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in, the mo- when in mourning. That's really crucial. Do you have that verse, verse Nate 26, verse 14? I have not eaten any of it while in mourning. Don't touch the tithe when hard times come upon you. Oh, I feel like the presence of the Lord. Do not. Touch it when you're, my car just broke down. Don't touch the tithe to use it. Your car will get fixed. Your car will be taken care of. I promise you. It might not be the way you need it or want it in that moment, but it'll, trust me. He says, don't touch it when you're in mourning. When hard times fall upon you, don't touch the tithe. Nor have removed any of it for any unclean use. How many times have we used the tithe for some really dumb decisions? Oh, I got an extra, I got some extra here. Time to roll. Let's go. It's like, don't do that. This is the Bible. Nor give any of it for the dead. Oh, how many times have you been to funerals? (laughs) They're throwing money and I'm just like, Lord. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) This is on the YouTube too. This is on the YouTube. We need to cut that. I'm kidding. It's good to laugh at this. This is a hard. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. And then this, verse 15. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people, Israel, in the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. You cannot pray that prayer unless you give the tithe. We pray that prayer. Lord, flowing milk and honey, blessings upon blessings. He's like, wow, you've robbed from me. Why would I give you something when you've robbed from me? Well, he's gracious and kind. He will not go against his word. He will not go against the principles of the king. This is bad. Okay, so that's the argument. And then people are like, well, it's still the Old Testament. Let's go to Jesus. How many of you want to go to Jesus? Matthew 23. Open your Bibles, Matthew 23. I love Jesus. It's good theology. Matthew 23, 23. See, people often argue with this, and I'm always like, what's the spirit? They're like, we just, what, I mean, why are you trying to, to, to go against this thing? Jesus never came and dismantled tithing. He fulfilled it. What sorrow awaits you, verse 23 in Matthew 23, of religious law and, your, and you Pharisees, hypocrites. 
For you are careful to tithe, even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. So he says, listen, you, you, you do it. You do it. Even the plants, you do it, right? Because there's, there's an offering of finances. There was an offering of, like, like food and grain. and spi- like you, Jesus like, you do it. But you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice and mercy and faith. And then Jesus says, you should tithe, yes. You should tithe, yes. So, like, I always go, like, when people are like, ah, oh, he, he doesn't. I go, Matthew 23 says, Jesus says, you should tithe. He does not say, stop tithing. Well, what about the more important things that Jesus talks, like justice and mercy, right, and and faith? And Jesus is not saying, don't do those things. He's saying, tithe, but also do more. See, when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law, so now the baseline is just that 10%. Now he's saying 10% plus give more than what you have been given because you will watch greater things happen through you as you give more. We've even lowered the standard in a New Testament church to be like, just give whatever you want. He's saying, don't do that. Preaching today, give 10%, but also take care of the widow. Take care of the orphan. Take care of the poor. We've missed it in the church. We have believers giving their money to causes instead of the church. Yes, the church has screwed it up. It's people. But just because people screw it up, his principles do not change. Hear me, please. So some of you are like, I'm going to give to this cause because it's a good cause. Great. Awesome. Support missionaries. Send out resources. Give to things that are great. Like, like we have well to well. We give money. We tithe as a church. Did you know that? 10% of everything we get in every month, we tithe it back out. But we don't just stop there like, well, we've tithed. We're good as a church. We're meeting the needs. No, we step up. Are you Okay. Like, you, we, it, would, it would break my heart if, if, I, if our team came and said, hey, listen, we give the 10% of the tithe. I think we're good for the community aspect of the church. I think we're good for the city side of the church. I'd say, absolutely not. What are we doing? That's just baseline. <laughs> so Jesus comes, and he's like, listen, don't. Don't stop tithing. Don't stop tithing. Well, I don't know where my money goes in that church. Come ask. I'll tell you, we're not shy about it. I have nothing to hide. You, like, I don't mean that to be mean. I mean that as like an invitation. Like, what, what are we doing? Right? Saying, listen, listen, listen. From what I've read in the Bible, and you guys, some of you are smarter and wise, I've never read where it tells me to trust men. I'm looking around the room at all the smart, smarter guys. I don't, I don't think it's ever told me to trust men. It says trust him. Trust him. Trust his word. Trust his decrees. Trust his ordinance. Trust his command. Trust him. So, so, so when I give, I've been broken of like, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't care. I will stand before God for all of this. You won't. You're, you're welcome. It's true. I will stand before God and be judged for how this thing is operating. As long as I'm here in this role, like, I will be judged. You won't. So guess what? Just give freely. (laughs) All pressure off. 
That's, that should be free. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Pastor's going to get judged double portion in Jesus' name, and I don't have. Stop. It's just selfishness. It's the spirit of mammon. And that's, that's, I'm telling you, this will transform your marriage. This will transform your home. This will transform your children. This principle of God heals you. Because listen, this is it. Bruce, you can come on up. Tithing breaks the curse and brings the blessing over your life. It breaks the curse. He says, return to me. And they're like, well, how? Ties an offering. And watch that I don't pour out heaven upon you that the barns can't even hold up what I'm going to give you. But if, you know, I'm not adding on, but the other side of that coin is like, if you don't, you're under curse. When I tithe, you know what I say? Lord, I'm giving this because you gave me everything. And I know you're going to redeem my family. I know my kids are going to serve you. I know they're going to be cared for. The curse of this world, the spirit of mammon, I'm breaking it every time I give. I'm just like, stop it. You have no control over my home. You have no control over my heart. You have no control over my children. That's revival. Listen to me, that's revival. Revival is not the shaking and the, woo! Revival is when people turn their hearts to the Lord and then worship him with all the, like I am, woo! Hear me, but revival is when people rend their heart to the Lord and say, I'm coming back to what you've called for me. I'm coming back to the principles, to the decrees that you've called me to live in. I'm coming back because you are my everything. Don't sing, Jesus, you're my everything, if he's not. <laughs> well, you can't do it. Breaks the curse off your life. Oh, I'm telling you, some of you sit there and you calculate and you move numbers around and you're like, how are we going to make this? Ah, and you stress yourselves out. We, and I'm not saying we've not been stressed before. But I'm telling you, there is so much freedom when it's like, he called. He called us. Hezekiah there in, in 2 Chronicles 31, he, he, was, he was a young man, became king. I think he was 25 years old. And in the beginning of it, it says that the Lord was with him, that he, he did everything right in the Lord's eyes. Could you imagine being king for that many people at 25 years old? And it says that, like I'm paraphrasing, but it says that he opens up the, the scrolls. He begins to read the ordinances, the decrees of the Lord, and he realizes this is not happening among us. And he's like, wait, this says if we do this, we get this. I, I'm not here to sow in. If I give, I'll get. That's not the kingdom. But there are principles of God that said if you do this, like if we don't choose to gossip, we'll have blessed relationships. If you stop tearing each other down with your tongue, your life will be a lot better. Just take that one. Maybe we should take an offering today for that one. And so Hezekiah's like, listen, listen, what is going on? So he calls the priest. He calls them. He's like, listen, listen, listen. We got to get back. We got to get back to this thing. And so he implements, he implements a few different things, and he gets to the place where he's like, we got we to we we bring back the tithe. <laughs> What's going on here, guys? And so this, in verse 4 of 2 Chronicles 31. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites. 
that they may devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Okay, verse five. I think we have it on the screen. Yes, thank you, brother. As soon as the commandment was circulated, so back then they didn't have the tweets, they didn't have the Instagrams, they didn't have the social, they had to get, so as soon as it all went out, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. Everyone say abundantly. (laughs) The tithe of everything. And the children of Israel and Judah who dwelt in the cities of Judah brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God. They laid in heaps. I love that word, heaps. It means a lot. And so continuing on, so Hezekiah goes and says, give me a report. What's happening? Hey guys, this command's gone out. I really believe this is the Lord's calling. What's going on? And it says this in, in, in verse 10. Then Isaiah, the chief priest from the house of Zodak, answered him and said, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty left. Can I, real quick, in this moment, there is what people would say, there was like a recession happening. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? I'm not doing a tithing message because of what the false prophets say. I'm just, just saying. There's wisdom, right? Like, they're in a recession. And then he goes, tell me the report. Because I, I, I don't know, Hezekiah, no one. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, go along with me. Because I wonder if he was like, did this thing actually, did, is this thing real? He says this. Since the people came into the house of the Lord, we've had enough to eat and have plenty left. For the Lord has blessed his people. And what is left is this great abundance. Great abundance. That's what, hey, Hezekiah, the people brought, and we can't, even, we can't even contain what they're bringing in. Now people are getting fed. People are getting cared for. Things are happening. There is an abundance in the house of the Lord. And the people were blessed. See, that's what tithing does. It breaks the curse off your life. It brings the blessing into your life. See, we want the reverse. We want the blessing, but we don't want to give. Right? Like, we want the promotion at work without doing the work. <laughs> we want the new job because it's going to pay more money, but we haven't been a good steward in the job that we've been in. Is this okay today? Tithing, though, will, when you come in and you say, Lord, this is yours. And I encourage you, even like Josh said, reoccurring, pray. Don't just be like, oh, it's taken care of. No, make that a point of worship. We don't set up reoccurring giving, personally. Because I want to take what we give every Friday. Rachel and I come, we get in, we're in our room. 6.30 and we just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. We give. And I've watched my home be blessed. Watch the blessings of the Lord on my family, on my children. I, I know time, we're done, but like, I could tell you stories, endless stories of the blessings of the Lord in my life. Endless stories. I'll finish with this, just to encourage you. We were, um, we were in a, and I, it's, it's, sorry for the personal story, but we were in the week of prayer and fasting. It was a really hard week. 
It was a really hard, like, two months for us. And a lot of it was, like, around our, our children and just their health and, like, stuff coming. And, like, you're just like, oh, devil, you are such a liar. And so the time came for us to die. And there was that little moment in me, that little voice that was like, don't do it. You'll be able to take care of X, Y, and Z. And I was just like, you ever shake out the cobwebs? Everybody, anybody ever been knocked out and just like got to shake out the cobwebs? I was like, no. Rach, give. Actually, Rach, give this too. I love kicking the devil in the teeth when I'm like, give him more. <laughs> it's just personal testimony. So we sat in that week of prayer and I, it came to the day where it was about, about children. We prayed for the next gen. And I'm sitting there in this prayer meeting, sitting right there and I'm just like, this is just like, this is beautiful and it's precious. But Lord, I'm just like, I'm not, anybody never not feel it with the Lord before? I'm just like, I'm not feeling this right now. This is really hard because Lord, we need, we need this. But, but you know, Lord, forgive me because I just need you so I just began to pray, Lord, I just need you. It's okay. Don't feel condemned when you pray the wrong prayers and he redirects you. Don't feel condemned. Just get in it. Get in that flow, right? Hear me. Because I was like, Lord, we need this and this. He's like, Holy Spirit's like, no, you need to start praying this way. And so he led me to pray. And I was like, Lord, I give you my kids. I give you my home. I give you my marriage. Like, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful. This isn't just words being thrown up. I'm really thankful. And I came to this altar. I just wept before the Lord. I said, Lord, you have given me everything. You will provide for my kids. This stuff is not too big. You're gonna, you're faithful. I get up, I turn around. I've, I've shared this story before. I get up, everyone's gone basically. A couple of faithful men that were there with me. Just, just. And, I, and I was just like walking around, shutting the lights off. And someone said, hey, your wife texted you. I pulled my phone, I was like, it's not I opened the phone and someone said, hey man, um, the Lord put your kids on my heart tonight. I want to send you something. Can I send you something? I said, yeah, what do you want to send me? He's like, do you have, do you have Zell? I said, no, but I'll get one in Jesus' name. <laughs> Sends us the exact hour that we needed for that moment. Because he's faithful. I'm not asking you to begin to be tithers because we need more money in this church. Do it for your own home. Do it for your own life. Do it for the blessing to be on you. Because this is the call of God for us, to be people that are blessed and not cursed. Did you hear me? Blessed and not cursed. Pure holy, set apart. And this is what this does for us. Amen? So stand to your feet. You're gonna have to wrestle with this. I actually, I, I encourage you to wrestle with this. Wrestle with the Lord in this. Hear me, please. Tithing is not about giving to get. We've sat in moments, weeks, months, where I'm like waiting for the Lord to do something and never came through. But it wasn't what, he, what I needed. And I realized that. So don't be like, okay, I'm gonna give tomorrow. 
because this is gonna be good because the Lord's gonna meet my needs. No, he's just looking for a faithful heart with good motives, a pure heart. Give because he's given everything. I believe Jesus was the tithe. Did you hear me? I believe Jesus was the tithe because God gave his first, his first son. You with me? He gave his first son. He gave his first son to come and to redeem mankind. So with Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, it redeemed the rest. Oh, let's follow him, amen? Bow your heads. If, you have a, if you're married, grab the hand of your person, your spouse. If you're not married and you're reaching out to the hand next to you, just make sure they're single in Jesus' name. I'm just kidding. Let's pray. That's a really bad... Lord, I really ask for this word to take deep root in our house. That's what I ask. I just ask that it would just take deep root in every heart. That we would be a people that live according to your word and your ways. That that voice that's trying to tell us this is not real, this doesn't, this isn't right. Just pray, silence that voice, Holy Spirit. And may your voice the good shepherd be loud, loud and clear. And I pray where there is faith rising to be obedient, I pray you continue to meet that and equip it and grow it. And God, I just pray that we would see this house, this oasis where people come and they drink and they receive. I pray that this would reach across the city more than ever before, that it would expand across the city more than ever before and that people would say, surely the Lord is with them. Surely the Lord is with them. Surely the Lord is there with them. And so, Lord, I pray for people in this room right now that are in need of a job. Lord, meet them. In your kindness, meet them. And I promise that, Lord, every blessing that we receive in this house, we'll give it back to you in praise. We'll give it back to you as an offering because you're faithful and you're, you're good. So I love you. We worship you, and we ask this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, and everyone said, come on, can we bless the Lord just one time?